And good morning. Sunday morning it is Nature Notes time with our naturalist and Jim Gilbert brought to us by Cardinal Corner and by the yard patio furniture. We'll talk to Jim in just moments. I want to talk a little bit, if I may, about Cardinal Corner. Lee and Pam, their beautiful store, actually have uh, two locations. Pam and Lee both say that we need to think of uh, those nesting birds now, starting with wood ducks, bluebirds. They're the first to arrive. You may have seen them already at your place. Cardinal Corner has uh, some beautiful Peterson bluebird kits that will help you attract bluebirds to your yard, maybe start a bluebird trail. And they have, without a doubt, the freshest bird seed in town from Cardinal Corner. Don't forget to get their monthly newsletter. It's free. All kinds of tips and stories. Just visit their website to uh, sign up. Lee and Pam are located in West St. Paul, Butler and South Robert. Amy is at the Newport Center. Call them, 651-455-6556, or visit them online at cardinalcorner.com. You will see that Cardinal Corner really is more than just a birdseed store. Well, good morning to you, Jim Gilbert. It is officially 22 degrees. 22. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's um, 20 here on the northwest side of Lake Waconia, about 30 miles west of downtown Minneapolis. The sky is clear, and it sounds like spring outside, but it doesn't feel like it. But it really does. It's good to hear the red-winged blackbirds trilling, the mooring doves cooing. I heard um, Canada geese honking, American robins singing, cheer up, cheer up, cheer up. Song sparrows are back and singing. And I heard a pheasant, a ringneck pheasant, doing the double squawk. So it, it, the sounds, it really sounds like it. And I looked out on the lake, and there's, a, there's an area... Uh, um, actually a fairly large area of open water um, on Lake Waconia where Peterson Creek runs into it and uh, quite a few migrating waterfall have gathered. Sunrise, 6.56. Sun's up. And sunset, 7.39. So today in the Twin Season area, we have 12 hours, 43 minutes of daylight, and we're gaining daylight at the rate of about three minutes and a few seconds each day. We have gained 22 minutes of daylight since last Sunday and a total of three hours, 57 minutes, almost four hours, has been gained since the winter solstice on December 21st. The 12 hours and 43 minutes of daylight today is what we will experience next September 12th. The normal high for today is 49, normal low 30. Records for today, March 31st in the Twin Cities. I, this one, Denny, is incredible. High 82. Wow. <laughs> that was set 33 years ago, 1986. And now it's the wow, too, on the other end. The record low, minus 1. <laughs> set 50 years ago, 1969, here in the Twin Cities. And also, on this date, 1985, it snowed 14.7 inches on the Twin Cities. We have a a waning crescent moon that rose this morning at 5.11. Denny was already at work. Oh, yes. The the moon rise. But it sets at 3.03. Okay, it's interesting. So if if you're out looking at the sky, you can actually see this crescent moon right now. Our next full moon is Good Friday, April 19th. Lots of things happening outdoors. Uh, you know, even though it doesn't feel s- 
springy. Uh, lots of things happening. This is um, this is the time for some really good maple sap flows. We'll get into that later. We call those runs, sap runs. Um, since last Sunday, observers have heard the muffled musical whistles of big flocks of tundra swans and V formation migrating over southern Minnesota, including the Twin Cities. Many of the flocks have stopped to rest on open water. Tundra swans migrate by day and night, coming from their wintering range on the Atlantic coast, where they are most abundant between Maryland and North Carolina. They breed in the Arctic, so above, mostly on the seacoast above the Arctic Circle. With much honking and fanfare, and I heard that this morning again, Canada goose pairs claim their wetland nesting territories. Uh, some nest building has already been observed. Common snowdrops um, have white blossoms. Anyway, the first they're the first garden flowers to open each spring, and they have been blooming for more than a week at the University of Minnesota Landscape Arboretum, uh, just a couple miles west of Chanhassen. Also, the first shrub to bloom, the vernal witch hazel, is loaded with small reddish flowers. That also can be seen in the Arboretum. The common snowdrops is, is na are native to Turkey and the Caucasus and in parts of Europe. They are planted as bulbs in the early fall and can be left undisturbed for many years. And then you'll have these first of the, of the flowers coming up each year. Jim Hovder from Little Rock Lake near Rice, just north of St. Cloud area, reports that common grackles and red-winged blackbirds arrived last Sunday, the 24th, and this past Friday, the ice went out of the Mississippi River right near Little Rock Lake. Yesterday, the first eastern bluebird was spotted in the Rice area. Keith Radel from Faribault, who has a 50-mile-long bluebird trail containing 175 pairs of nesting boxes. That's 350 nesting boxes to maintain and watch over. He says that uh, on Thursday, the, the March 28th, he observed early returning bluebirds that had begun claiming nesting boxes. Typically, a pair will be seen perched on the roof of a nesting box, and some observers have seen them going in and out uh, carrying fine grasses already. Keith reminds me, um, for those interested in bluebirds and birding and Minnesota nature and conservation, the Bluebird Recovery Program of Minnesota is having their 41st annual Bluebird Expo next Saturday at Cannon Falls High School. All are welcome. Registration is from 8 to 9. Um, I'm one of the speakers there. And uh, for more information, check their website. It goes BB, that stands for Bluebird, and RP for Recovery Program. So BBRP.org. And uh, the program goes uh, from 9 um, through the afternoon. I was surprised to learn about an early ice out when Pete Belay from the Minnesota State Climatology Office called to let me know that he had a report on the first lake ice out this year. The lake was Lake Pepin, and the ice out was Thursday, 
March 28th. Lake Pepin is a long, narrow lake forming part of the Minnesota-Wisconsin border. Uh, lake City is on the Minnesota side. Um, Stockton and Pepin are a couple of towns on the on the Wisconsin side. The Mississippi River flows through Lake Pepin. This early ice out is was no doubt enhanced by rising water levels, you know, and maybe an, from an icebreaker going through and the tugboats and their loads and I don't know, but anyway, that was the first ice out. Now last evening I heard from Paul Grusing, who lives on the shore of North Silver Lake. That's near the Iowa border, south of Fairmont. He reports that three lakes in Martin County, that's that area, uh, Sager Lake, Rose Lake, just south of Fairmont, and Lake George in Fairmont all lost their ice covers yesterday. It was windy. Water levels had risen high because of melting snow, and uh, ice went out uh, on these lakes. Now, last year, Sager Lake, Rose Lake, and Lake George all lost their ice covers April 29th. So this is like a month earlier. Wow, almost a month earlier, just a, a day short. This past week has been a good one for maple syrup product producers. Wally Vorwerk from Rush River Maples of Gibbon. Last Monday, on the 25th of March, collected 550 gallons of sap out of 700 taps. He counted from one of the taps 135 drops per minute. And he considered this day to be a very good run. From 150 gallons of sap, when boiled down, Wally should get about 14 to 15 gallons of maple syrup. So it takes a lot. Ratios, you know, typically 35 to 40 gallons of sap to make a gallon of syrup. Wow. I know. That's why why it's expensive. It's a lot of work. Absolutely right. Say, Don and Mary Summers from Summerskogan, that's a sugar bush in Minnetrista, report that last week was a great week for maple sap runs, except yesterday. Everything slowed down way down yesterday with the cold temperatures and strong northwest winds. They have 1,052 taps out. That's 1,052. Incredible. They collected this this last week a half gallon of sap per tap per day. Now, Don thinks that the quality of the maple syrup this year is the best they have produced in their 25 years of doing this. The sugar content of the sap lately has been 2.5%, and like I said, it takes about 40 gallons of sap to produce a gallon of syrup. Donna Mary Summers and their son Peter have been using high-tech. That's how they can get all this work done with with two or three people out there. And their sugar bush is being featured on CARE 11 tonight at 10.30 on Minnesota Bound Minnesota Bond program. It's worth looking at to find out how maple syrup is made. Mary Brislance from Lutzen reports Lutzen Mountain Ski Area will be open every day up to April 15th and um, two more weekends after that. Maple syrup producers in the Lutzen Grand Marais area are having a good season so far. 
First turkey vultures arrived this past Tuesday, and the number of pine siskins at her feeding station is going down. So some of the birds are no doubt heading back to Canada for the nesting season. Diane and Dave Herring, who live near Waterville, report they finished off their eighth batch of very good quality maple syrup yesterday. This past Friday, they experienced an excellent maple sap run. Last Saturday, the 23rd, Diana found her first of the year scarlet cup mushroom. It's a fungus that she found in their sugar bush that grows on the ground but on, on dead wood. It's a bright red fungus and usually, well, I should say the first of the of the mushrooms that pop up each year. These these um, scarlet cup uh, mushrooms are typically about an inch across. Last Sunday, the 24th, from noon to about 4, they heard a pair of sandhill cranes calling and calling. Um, Diana called it a prehistoric sound. Flocks of snow geese migrated over on Tuesday the 26th, and double-crested cormorants, about three dozen of them, returned to the Upper Cicada Bay, um, Upper Cicada Lake Bay, this past Friday the 29th. Tom and Lisa Bovers from Fairbolt have their first of the year male brown-headed cowbird arrive at their feeding station just yesterday. Tulips are up two to three inches on the side of their south side of their home. They have been seeing flocks of migrating tundra swans coming over since last Monday. Also on Monday, they saw an active snapping turtle and a leopard frog on a flooded plain of the Strait River. The, the water has started receding, and uh, there's this turtle sunning itself and a leopard frog out there. Well, you know what else is sunning itself before you go on is our by-the-yard <laughs> furniture. Oh, yes. <laughs> now, people. <laughs> and now I can see everything. The snow is all gone. Absolutely. There. And a lot of folks are, you know, thinking about their decks and patios, Jim. And, uh, I remind them, you and I do, about uh, don't forget the furniture that goes on that new deck or patio. Uh, by-the-yard furniture, this is a, a CCO Land Company family-run business Jim and I have told you about for years. You'll never have to worry about painting it or staining it or storing it like uh, Jim does and we do at our house. You will leave the furniture outside year in and year out. So many different things. Uh, uh, bar and counter height sets for entertaining. They've got fire tables, gliders, rocking chairs, uh, chaise lounges uh, for the pool if you have one. Uh, you, again, you set it and you forget it. And if you're building a deck or patio, Jim and I remind you, I know you want that to last for decades. Your furniture should last just as long. By the art, they've been the premier manufacturer building this maintenance-free furniture for decades. It's down in Jordan, Minnesota. Jim and I have been to that showroom. Quick drive down 169. A lot of displays there, many. Uh, and if you are new to the, the area, new to By the Art, get on the web. Jim and I remind you, you can do that and request that free catalog. Uh, just visit ByTheYard.net, ByTheYard.net. You can see what Jim and I have told you about for years. Great furniture, yeah, yeah. lasts forever. I I would just say, yesterday, to really hold on to your hat, you know, when you're outside, where we had 37-mile-per-hour winds, the the body-yard furniture did not No, move that will not move in 37-mile-per-hour winds, for no. sure. and it was, I mean, it was really, really windy here. Jim, we have about three minutes. Okay. Um, back to Tom and Lisa Bovers from Fairbolt. On um, 
Wednesday, let's see. I, oh, I know where I left off. On Wednesday, Tom spotted the first year common loon. It was on an open water area of Wells Lake. They got pussy willow catkins out on a willow in their backyard. On Friday the 29th, um, uh, Tom and Lisa were at Riverbend Nature Center and heard the western chorus frogs calling and the first wood frogs. The western chorus frogs have been calling there for a week. Russ Ritberger, who lives on the edge of Bass Creek in Brooklyn Park and has 45 wood duck nesting boxes on a half-acre lot, says about 50 wood ducks have arrived so far and pairs land on the rooftops of nesting boxes and the females have been going in and out, checking out, deciding the box they like. Typically, Russ and Sandy Ripperger have about 90% occupancy in these 45 wood duck houses. Ray and Marlene Simon live on the edge of Northfield, saw thousands of sandhill cranes heading out to the fields early last Sunday morning as they left Kearney, Nebraska and headed back to Northfield. They had a, um, they've been seeing uh, a pair of sandhill cranes and hearing them in a marsh right near their home uh, every day now since they got back. They've been seeing flocks of tundra swans migrating over uh, each day since Monday. And first great bull heron returned on Wednesday, and they've been seeing it every day since. Art and Barb Straub from Lesur yesterday morning saw more than 500 migrating tundra swans that landed in a ponded cornfield near Rush River, that's about six miles west of Lesur, and over 50 American white pelicans on Bucks Lake. A bald eagle pair at Bucks Lake is caring for their young that hatched the middle of this past week. On Tuesday, the 26th, Art and Bob Art and Barb Straub saw the first year 13-line ground squirrel and noted that a pocket gopher was throwing up soil into a mound. That stuff makes good potting soil. Jerry and Judy Gray, who live near Winstead, report that a Canada goose started building a nest on an island in one of their ponds last Wednesday, the 27th. Hooded mergansers and other ducks and great blue heron have arrived Duckweeds are nice and green, and yesterday the first great egret arrived. Elizabeth uh, Howard from Journey North reports on the migration of the monarch butterflies coming from their wintering sites in the state of Michoacan, Mexico. They've advanced into Oklahoma, Mississippi, and Arkansas this past week, and they've gotten as far as Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's as far north as they are, and that's just 60 miles from Kansas. Interesting thing is that people are seeing monarch butterflies before they're seeing the native milkweed plants sprouting up. Um, oh, so many things. Well, you know what? Paul? We are out of time. Let's do this. <laughs> In right. fact, we have had so many text messages, Jim. I have printed them out so we don't short these people here. I'm going to uh, okay. send those listeners' comments to you this week. How's that? Please do that. We'll do, okay. And you'll have more coming as well, some more emails. So uh, come All on back right. next week, if you will, Jim. Look forward to it. All right, thanks Bye for, for now. Have a good week. You too. Thank you. Jim Gilbert's Nature Notes next Sunday morning. And by the way, after the weather forecast, get those allergy questions ready. Dr. John Sweet will be in studio on Healthy Matters. So if you or someone you know suffers from allergies, we can take your text and your phone calls coming up this next hour. 22 degrees. The weather straight ahead. Radio. 
Radio.com.